Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible. We're only sitting here now, Nick. What? It's been an hour and a half since the end of this game. And, man, I I feel like it's been a year since we've been here today. That was probably the longest preseason game that I've ever watched. How about you? Yeah, I think because of the product on the field, especially early on from the first-string offense, first-string defense, it makes for a very long day, to be completely honest. It really does. Bears lost to the Buffalo Bills in Mitchell Trubisky's revenge game by the final score of 41-15. to I'm Russell DeWitt, joined by that was Nicholas Moriano. We are live from Soldier Field, and we are going to give you our top takeaways from this Chicago Bears second preseason game of the year. So, Nick, are you ready to jump into the first quarter of the show and start this opening drive? I think so. Okay, (laughs) we'll try our best. And by the way, if the audio isn't as clear and you're listening to this, uh, we are inside Soldier Field. So as of right now, there is a mask mandate inside the building. So we do have masks on. So let's go ahead and jump into this first quarter opening drive, which means it's time for my monster moment of the game. And I'm going to go with another Justin Fields to Jesse James connection, Nick, two weeks in a row. That big play on first down, which is right after Justin picked up a first down with his legs Literally gave me goosebumps that throw did. Uh, wide open yet again for Jesse James. I think Justin said post game very similar to the play that they ran a week ago in which he was open. But this time Jesse was able to beat a linebacker, get a couple steps. Justin didn't have as much time to throw, but just with a flick of a wrist was able to lead him perfectly before Jesse James even made his break and turn up field for yet another just dazzling completion and a throw that really makes me believe that this kid is the real deal so for that really reason alone and maybe because there weren't another you know a decent amount of other options for us here today that's going to be my monster moment so nick i'll go over to you for your moriano minute your knock your knack whatever this segment is going to be just what's your top takeaway i think my top takeaway and we've talked about it throughout the game really was that all three phases especially just even in the first half well really did not play well today. You can look at the offense and the lack of production, the lack of first downs, whatever you want to look at it, that unit didn't play well. You saw the starting defense that, yes, at times didn't have all 11 starters in, but four, you know, four touchdown drives given up to the Buffalo Bills against Mitchell Trubisky. Then you even have special teams giving up their own touches. So it's, it was a culmination of all three phases. You add in 10 penalties for 73 yards, I believe it is, And it's just a very sloppy product for week two of the preseason. I know there's a bunch of people that are not going to be playing these games come the regular season, but it's still 
disheartening and just not what Bears fans want to see in, you know, the second week of preseason. No, not one bit, especially after last week's game. And what we saw in the second half, once Justin Fields took over, uh, a lot of Bears fans, including myself, and Nick, I'll throw you into that boat, thought we were going to see some continuation of at least that. Last week, that defense that you mentioned was playing lights out. They were playing with energy, passion, and it felt like today, at least early on, it wasn't there. There was something missing. And we'll talk about the defense in the third quarter of our show. But let's just move into the second quarter. Let's talk about this Bears offense. Uh, another preseason game, another week, and another week in which Andy Dalton and the starting, and I'll put starting in quotes, offense had a tough time getting going. I know post game Matt Nagy was talking about, you know, to us in the media. It's hard to really evaluate Andy out there without a handful of his starters. And you and I were talking about that throughout the game, too. It is kind of hard to make a fair evaluation. But still, to see those struggles, the lack of rhythm, the lack of any cohesion, and just any movement of the football outside of the one big play, to me, is a concern. I know it's preseason, and it doesn't matter how much points you score or how many yards you gain. But there's no chemistry, and I know there's not a lot of starters, but I can't help but feel very concerned about where Andy Dalton and the starting offense is as of now. How about you? You know, I think it's definitely valid, and, you know, Andy Dalton was asked about the lack of chemistry in his post-game press conference today, and they he didn't want to make excuses by saying, like, guys like Allen Robinson are not in, Marquise Goodwin, the, you know, the guys that are going to be starting on the offensive line. But it is just a little concerning now that we're two preseason games in and the starters just have not looked like a unit that you feel comfortable with seeing, you know, in what, two weeks from now when they have to go and play the Rams in Los Angeles. I I think that when you see that kind of product on there, there's just more questions than there are answers. And that's what we thought we were going to get answered in this game is like some of the question marks that we still have about this offense. There's still, I think, even more questions after today. I believe so as well. Andy Dalton finished 11 to 17 for 146 yards, half of which just about came in at one deep shot to Rodney Adams. That one touchdown also had the interception. So a pass rating of about 86.9. I don't think he's showing Bears fans what he's fully capable of, but he's not getting us really much reasons to be excited to have him as a starter. We'll see if he plays the next week's game, but as of right now, if that's his preseason performance, there's a lot of room of just progress to be made and a lot to be uh, desired. Uh, Other than that, sticking at quarterback, Justin Fields wasn't as prolific that we saw a week ago. He took a big hit, but yet another week where he's still making plays with his feet, making some good throws. But I think we saw more of those growing pains this week. Uh, What did you see out of Justin for good and for bad? Yeah, I think for for good, I obviously see some of the throws and the touch that he has on the ball and where the ball placement really um, you know, obviously you see the, the throw to Jesse James. You see plays where it's even a John Bay Johnson who had a great opportunity to make catch a perfect ball from Justin Fields but dropped it. So there were some of his teammates not helping him out. But then the big hit that he took, it's a little bit of obviously the offensive line, but also on him just to kind of correct himself to know, hey, I have to throw the hot on this or just look. But it's growing pains and things that he's going to learn from and not make that same mistake twice, which is he's been preaching since he got here to Chicago. He's not going to make that same mistake. But overall, I think when he gets out there, you just feel like there's an opportunity for the offense to sustain drives mm-hmm. because he can get outside the pocket. He can make things happen on his own. And that's not necessarily the case for, for Andy Dolan. And one, one more thing, well, like 
again, his teammates didn't help him out. There was multiple false starts that kind of stalled drives. There was also, you know, just plays where I think that unit failed Andy Dalton as much as it happened also with Justin Fields. So it's really you see these mistakes happening throughout the offense, not just with Andy Dalton when he's out there and not just when Justin Fields is out there. I think mistakes could be the word that can symbolize this entire game for this Bears team in all three phases. But, yeah, Justin Fields, even though he didn't live up or to that hype of last week or didn't show like a huge jump from it, I guess last week was so good it's hard to kind of play at that same level week in, week out when you're throwing guys in, hard to get that chemistry. And you said it, people weren't helping him out. Offensive line was very much on the struggle bus. Same thing with those receivers. John Bay Johnson had the drop, but other drops happened as well. So not a ton of help for Fields. Moving right along to running backs, what did you see? I didn't see a whole lot. I think at halftime, Damian Williams was the back. He averaged like 1.6 yards per carry, like eight yards on five handoffs. And I know I said it in a preview show that there's nothing to prove. Like for him and David Montgomery, who we didn't see today, but I thought I was going to see a little bit more out of Damian Williams with some touches than I saw today. But I'll probably put that more on the offensive line than the back. But other than that, what did you see out of the running back group? You know, it was disappointing to see him get that fumble early on because mm-hmm. Andy Dalton talked about it. Like, the offense was getting in a rhythm, and they were actually, Will, at the 50-yard line. That was a, <laughs> you know, a good good spot for them to be. Like, the most, the furthest upfield the, the first-team offense was at. But then that fumble happens, and obviously all that momentum is lost there and that lost fumble. So you don't, obviously don't want to see that. And like you said, you didn't see – much of any of the running backs get going today. I think, obviously, with this offensive line still trying to figure out who they want, you're not going to see these running backs really be as successful. I mean, we didn't really see them in the passing game either. You didn't. You honestly didn't see much of a passing attack from, from both these offenses. I'm going to tap into my inner Mason here, though, and talk up some Khalil Herbert. He had that touchdown run here mm-hmm. uh, earlier, and I thought he just built a little bit more momentum from one week and carrying it over uh, to the next. What I liked in that touchdown run was his ability to you know, make some cuts, run through some of those arm tackles. You're seeing the strength. You're seeing the vision. And you're seeing the elusiveness uh, that Khalil Herbert brings to the table. So just another week where he's uh, continuing to impress me and just give me more confident that he is going to have a, a decent role for a crowded running back room as a rookie once we get to the regular season even found the cutback lane a, a couple of times on some of those runs moving over to wide receiver though we got to talk about Rodney Adams I think here's a guy that is making the most of every opportunity that's been handed to him last week he was by and far the in large the most productive receiver I think he had four catches and everyone else had like one this week, he has that big touchdown grab, and I know there's a special story. I'll let you go ahead and talk about that real quick, about Rodney Adams, his late night that he had. And again, he's trying to make this team, and he's really making a strong case to do so. Yeah, Rodney Adams coming into this game had five hours of sleep because his wife delivered a baby. They had mm-hmm. a baby last night, and now Rodney Adams is going out there rocking the baby after <laughs> scoring a 72-yard touchdown. So this is a guy that nobody had on their radar is probably coming into training camp but has made the most of his opportunities. And, you know, Justin Fields talked about it. Like, him and Rodney Adams have developed a connection. Rodney Adams, you know, said, like, hey, Justin Fields has a connection with everybody. That's just how he's able to do as a quarterback. But I think that's a guy that the ball's just fine going in his direction. And even on the touch or the interception that happened with Andy Dalton, it was being targeted towards Rodney Adams. They're drawing up that play for him. It's showing kind of the trust that this coaching staff has in a first-team offense for a guy that – like I said, wasn't even supposed to be maybe in in the run to make a spot on this this wide receiver depth chart. 
What about a guy that may be hurting his case a little bit in a Riley Ridley? He had that drop on the sideline. I know that the DB made a pretty good play in the ball, but still for Ridley, who's been dealing with some drops, hard to see again. Yeah, and it looked like a really good ball from Justin Fields. And for Riley Ridley, coming out of, out of Georgia, it was about him getting those 50-50 balls. That looked like an opportunity where he should have went up, elevated over the DB, but instead kind of let the ball come to him. And look, then there's a little bit of – there's ball, defender, then Ridley. And that's kind of hard to make that reception. That's why you go up and get that ball. And it just looked like Justin Fields gave him that opportunity. Really just didn't, Ridley just didn't take advantage of it. And the other guy that's on the bubble fighting for a job to keep a job is Javon Wims. Didn't see him out there today. We're all kind of confused, like, where's Javon? Found out from Coach Nagy postgame. Uh, he's dealing with an appendix and getting that looked at. So uh, I think we all know how those can potentially go. Mm. Hopefully it's okay for Javon. And unfortunate timing for him. We'll see how it kind of affects him moving forward. Um, but that's why, if you're wondering, where was Javon Wims uh, dealing with an appendix issue and was not here today? Anything else at the wideout group? I think those are the big takeaways. No one really, I think, stood out. From that group, um, regardless if it was with Andy Dalton or with, with Justin Fields, it was just Rodney Adams, and that's, hey, that's good for him, but not good for everybody else. Yeah, back-to-back weeks, Rodney Adams really making a name for himself here in Chicago. Uh, if I had to choose a player that wasn't on my radar and before camp that is definitely at it now, I think Rodney Adams may be the forerunner uh, in my mind. Uh, tight end, outside of you know Jesse James and that great throw, did you say anything? I, I told you pregame. I was going to watch for some run blocking. Didn't look too great, but the entire Bears front didn't have great run blocking at all today. No, yeah. I mean, other than that, for like Jesse James and tight ends, like Jesper Horse that I think had a fumble in this game, was able to recover his own fumble. Fortunate enough that he was able to do that after having, what, a four touchdown day at practice that yep. I wasn't there, but um, was able to be fortunate. To You're the through. bad luck charm. I, yeah, so I just won't go and, you know, <laughs> just for a horse that will have fantastic days. But nothing really too much popped out from, from that group uh, in today's game. I didn't think so either. But let's talk about this offensive line uh, a little bit more in uh, formal fashion. Uh, in my notes, I have one word underneath it that just says struggling. Um, but outside of that, what did you see today? I know we saw a few guys at left tackle. Larry Borm getting back uh, today was good to see. We need to get him on the field. Uh, he seemed pretty pleased with his performance here today. Were you? Yeah, I liked what I saw from, from Larry Borm at that left tackle position. And one, just seeing that he was playing left tackle, thought he would, we'd see a little bit at the right tackle spot. But, you know, he even talked about it in his press conference. Like, was it difficult? Yeah, but he can adjust to, to make that kind of transition over there. And having a guy like Jason Pierce, he, he mentioned in his post-game press conference about how he can pick his brain. But I thought he played a pretty solid game today. What's your take on Jason Peters not playing? You said in our preview show you did not expect him to play. Do you believe that is still a good indicator that he will make this final roster? Because if I think if he was on the bubble – you need to see him out there in a game situation. Yeah, the thing is with him, he had one practice under his belt right. for this week. So I think you will see him in some capacity in this final game because this is not just your traditional dress rehearsal game that it would be in previous years. So I think you will see Jason Peters, even if it's for a series. And I still think, yeah, he's definitely, a, at this point, a lock. You bring him in to, to be that hopeful left tackle because Elijah Wilkinson didn't you know, do anything today's game to make you feel confident. There were times where, hey, the left tackle, it was one of the plays where Elijah Wilkinson's on the ground and then Andy Dalton gets, I think he gets sacked and, or it's either a throwaway or something along those lines. But Elijah Wilkinson is on the ground. 
And that's never going to be a good idea to, you know, have your quarterback upright. No, Wilkinson, we thought pre-camp is someone that's coming in to be that swing tackle. Tevin Jenkins, that injury, we all know it changed everything. So we had Wilkinson at left for a while. That Chavia Simmons playing right. I thought both looked not great. Uh, I would say Simmons looked really bad. Mm-hmm. What do you do moving forward? Who do you move over to right tackle? Would it be Borum? Would that be Wilkinson in hopes that Peters can be your left tackle guy? That may be a loaded question at this stage, but after watching what we just did here, you know, a couple hours ago, what do you do to address this tackle position in-house? Because I don't think what they're doing now is what's going to even be something that could work week one. I think the Bears just got to hope and that Jermaine Effetti can get healthy at that right tackle position. Even that in itself, it's Jermaine Effetti we're talking about. It's not a top 10 tackle. This is a guy that you know, kind of grew comfortable into that role later on in the season and was bouncing in out inside and outside. So that's what I think the hope is, that he can be that right tackle, that Jason Peters can be that left tackle, and you kind of go from there. Because I think the interior will be okay. Mm-hmm. We'll be just fine, actually. But it's really you know looking at either end and hoping – you're kind of just hoping for the best at this point. Yeah, and I don't know what the best is. Perhaps it is a Fetty is what they're hoping can pan out here if he can get healthy in time. But if not, man, uh, I'm getting worried about that Rams defense. Uh, to wrap up the offense, uh, who do you think stock rose the most? Mm, good question, Will, because I think this uh, – Well, I know probably, it's like, <laughs> well, there's one guy that we, we – the only positive really that we talked about other than Justin Fields is Rodney Adams, right? That's the one guy that you can point to like – Hey, he had he had a good game. He's the one who stood out the wide receiver position. But other than that, there weren't any guys that feel that would probably feel good after this game. Maybe Larry Borum would be another one. But yeah, those are the only two I could think of. Now, this also I'm full of loaded questions here today for you, Nick. <laughs> uh, outside of the offensive line, what's your biggest concern right now with this offense? Ooh, I mean, I think. Just the lack of production that we're seeing from that first team unit. And I know Allen Robinson's not out there. Marquise Goodwin's not out there. And Darnell Mooney's not playing every single snap. So I think that is the biggest concern. Like, is this what we're going to see week one? And Andy Dalton was saying it's most likely that that's not going to be the case. But we know what offense in Chicago looks like. It, it could look just like that. Yes, it can. We've seen that in regular season games. So that's the thing that... I think as fans, you're probably frustrated with. Even I am like thinking, how is this really going to look week one? But I think that's the main thing on my mind. Is that what the offense is going to look like come week one against a very good Rams defense? Now, I know they were like, oh, for whatever on third down. I didn't even want to pull up the stats, but they weren't converting on third down. They can barely even reach the red zone. Is there anything out of that that you want to at least mention here today? Again, when it comes to preseason, you can use stats either way but I felt like it was just so bad and a lot of people's watched this game it didn't make a lot of sense to dive into third down issues when you probably don't have a ton of plays drawn up for third and 17 (laughs) (laughs) but anything that you wanted to mention with those struggles before we kind of wrap up the offensive talk you know I think it is the penalty issues I don't remember the exact number it was in week one it may have been seven or around eight and then they got to 10 and some obviously were on defense special teams but you know, you see the false starts, consecutive false starts for uh, on the offensive line. You see these things that put the offense in not an advantageous situation to stay on the field. So that's also something that is concerning because we've also seen that plenty of times in regular regular season play. Okay, so it was 0 for 11 on third down, 1 for 4 on fourth down, and uh, 1 out of only 2 
red zone trips here for the Bears today. Let's go ahead and switch sides of the ball. Let's talk about this Bears defense. And I was just surprised by, again, the lack of tenacity uh, that we saw from that unit here today. We got more starters back compared to what we had even a week ago. The turnover bucket, uh, I believe we had some turnovers here today, didn't we, on defense? Did we have any, actually? Uh, I don't think. I don't did we? No, or do we give the ball away? All no, away? there was the one fumble recovery because of Travis Gibson on the sack, yes, sack fumble. So exactly. That was the one. Right. So we had one, but it wasn't like last week where the defense was just getting after this Buffalo Bills offense. They weren't living in the backfield, and they just weren't playing with that same energy. Why? Well, I think it doesn't help when you can't tackle anybody. So you can yep. rally off like some of those plays that are made. If you make a good tackle in the open field, that was the exact opposite of what this entire Bears defense was, was not capable of doing. It's just routine tackles or at – whether it's not looking up and actually wrapping up or lowering your shoulder, whatever it may have been the case, there were so many guys missing tackles, and that can be deflating for not only your defense but your entire team where, hey, if you make the tackle and force a third down, nope, there's the yards after contact for the ball carry or whatever it may be. But that could be a reason, but it, honestly, it, it could be a whole bunch of things. Maybe just like seeing the offense do nothing similar to what you know we've seen from, in Bears games. So it wasn't just Mitch. It wasn't just Mitch. He was Dyson, though. He was throwing some good. Well, look, he was finding his his guys in the middle. The middle of the field was wide open today, too, Will. Yeah. Like, just wide open. It was. We didn't have our two starting inside linebackers in. That doesn't help. But the Bears defense allowed 34 points by halftime. Only six third downs on 42 plays. So they weren't even getting that Bills offense in a chance to even get off the field. This Bears defense wasn't. And they allowed five red zone trips and four touchdowns just again in uh, the first half. But going into our position breakdown uh, defensive line personally upset we didn't get to see Eddie Goldman here today uh, now was it a back is it was I saw pregame um, there's some I, issue yeah I didn't see w- okay. exactly what it was so there's some issue in terms of an injury or that he's dealing with that he wasn't able to go so he goes from the COVID list last week comes back practices unable to go today for a guy that has not played since 2019 I'm concerned about that game conditioning uh, so again just kind of irritated that we weren't able to see him here today even though again it's out of my control specifically but even probably uh, the Bears control as well but out of the defensive line who stood out I saw Kyrus Tonga make a couple plays um just where he's taking on a block but also making the tackle in the backfield so that's exactly what he's going to be asked to do if he does have to just fill in for Eddie Goldman like like he had to do today with being the starting nose tackle but really on that that starting defensive line it, there was only one time I really mentioned Angelo Blackson where he had such a monster game in the first preseason game against the Dolphins, but there was only one mention of him that I have in my notes. And then really nobody else, I think, again, taking advantage of it. I think there was Archie Bong later in the game, like when you're talking about third and fourth stringers making plays. Like, yeah, there are those guys as well, but in terms of that first-team defense, the one that part of the unit that gave up the four touchdowns, like, yeah, that's that's probably there's not a lot of standouts to me. Yeah, Tonga had two more QB hits today, mm-hmm. so he's continuing to impress me. Mario Edwards did come away with two sacks, I think, in a game that was as True. tough to watch as True. it was today. Some players like that, as players are rotating in and out, which is hard to keep up with, some of those plays do get kind of lost. But when I was reviewing uh, this right before we went live, saw that, and I was like, oh, yeah, I remember. Edwards did get in there. He did make uh, a couple of plays. That's good because we're not going to have him for a few weeks, so he needs to get some work in now before he has to uh, 
I don't even think he can sit in the sidelines, right? If you're suspended, you have to be home. You have to be somewhere, but it's not going to be at Soldier Field or wherever the Bears are at. <laughs> oh, good point. So, yeah, getting Edwards into the mix now is really a good sign. But that defensive line outside of that, just one final check here on my notes. You mentioned Blackson with the splash and Tonga with the two QB hits. So let's move on to outside linebackers. And let's start with the, quote, starters in Robert Quinn. Uh, early on, uh, he didn't take a real good angle on that touchdown run on the very first drive uh, of the series. I put you next to it. <laughs> I think that's pretty fitting. It is pretty fitting because he that should be a tackle that a guy, for as long as he's played in this league, should make. But we've also seen that Robert Quinn just here in Chicago not finish plays. And, yeah, that's on him. Like, he has an opportunity to tackle the, the running back in the backfield, Devin Singletary, and it just didn't happen. So, again, that's, that's effort. That's just knowing exactly what your coaches have taught you throughout the week and practice, throughout your entire NFL career, like how to put yourself in position to make a tackle. Didn't happen today for Robert Quinn. So that was definitely disappointing. But let's talk about a positive at the position. I thought Travis Gibson – really built off of his performance last week and took it up another another level here today. A better game overall. Some really good plays against the run. Had a really good coverage. There was one play that was completed on the sidelines, but he was step with uh, step for step with that tight end. And for Travis Gibson, like his coverage ability is pretty low on the things I would hold him accountable for. But that was pretty impressive coverage overall. And he, I know he made some good plays in the backfield. What did you see out of Travis Gibson today uh, that gets you excited? Is that more what you've been seeing at camp? That is. And I really – the play where he causes the fumble, it's mm-hmm. all effort because he's coming off uh, going against that right tackle and has to track down the quarterback who's going left. So that's just effort and relentlessness in his pass rush to, one, corral the quarterback but also get the ball out. So I think that is just a – what exactly what you want to see from Travis Gibson, those splash plays? Because he's definitely capable of it. And yes, maybe it's a backup tackle, whatever it may be, but he made the play, and that's exactly what you want to see. And probably limited, I'm going to say limited because he's not the starter, mm-hmm. but when he gets in the game, you want to see those kind of opportunities if they present himself, and he capitalized on that today. When I see Travis Gibson make those kind of plays, and I see a Jeremiah Tachu not really stand out, which is someone I was very high on coming into the offseason, and Robert Quinn struggling, I can't help but envision a larger role for Travis Gibson this season, especially once this season wears on and we get to the second half of it. He can be a guy that the Bears do start to lean on, and if he can have games like today, make plays like we saw today, uh, Ryan Pace is going to look pretty good for that draft pick. Anything else at the outside guys, or do you want to move on to the inside? The only other thing on the outside guys um – I have Jeremiah Tachu in my notes. Okay. That's because there's an offside penalty <laughs> caused by number 50 there. So, yeah, there, I, I would feel like just even in the training camp practices I've been to, you haven't heard a lot about Jeremiah Tachu. And, look, not to be, like, concerned or anything, but you would like to. You would just like to be in a free agent acquisition. I think he's definitely capable of that. He's going to get his reps. But, like Will just said, if Travis Gibson is the one that's who I've seen in training camp practice who's actually making plays out here in these preseason games – He's going to get that first opportunity. But I, I wouldn't be too concerned with Jeremiah Tachu yet. I know that's all I got in him in, in the notes, but that's all I got for outside linebackers. One more thing on that position before we move on, though. Uh, Kamara almost got that, mm. that safety. A really good 
just effort play. Yep. Didn't win on his first move. I don't think he even won that second, but he was able to kind of finally rip through the tackle and almost took Jake Fromm down four. A safety from barely got that nose of the football over the goal line. Um, but still, that sack was a very strong play and really an effort play. So if you're looking for a practice squad candidate and a guy that's making his best case, I think Kamara there uh, for the outside linebacking unit did a good job here today, specifically with that play. Uh, but shifting inside, what do you got? Because I have nothing. Yeah, nope, I really don't have anything either. I think for the inside linebackers, like they were in, look, this could be in combination with the defensive line. There were some holes that were given up just in those first couple of defensive series where there's seven-yard gains by the running backs, and then you're hearing Ogletree or, you know, Christian Jones or whoever it may be, but there wasn't much out there to report. The only other thing, Joel E.A. Buniwe not recovering mm. that, that what, on the, the punt or whatever it may have been. Whatever that fumble was. Whatever the fumble he was. He was right there, and I still don't know, like, his arms were on that ball. And he's got big arms. He's got he had, huge arms. Huge arms. He should have <laughs> had that football. Yes, and I remember just talking to the guys next to us in the uh, you know press box, like, that was that was Joel E.A. Buniwe's one chance. Like, you know, <laughs> hey, he did something and couldn't capitalize on it. Could not. Let's move into the secondary, though. I think it is unfortunate, by the way, that we don't have more inside linebacking notes. Uh, I know we didn't have Danny. I know we didn't have Roquan. But still, like with Ogletree being out there, Christian Jones, you'd think they would have made a little bit of a bigger presence felt today. But they didn't. So I think that could be maybe the bigger note behind the no notes uh, mm-hmm. that we have. The no <laughs> notes may mean a lot more than actually having True. some notes here. But moving to the secondary, Artie Burns? Yeah, that's the one. That's the plus here. And, and like one of the pluses on defense is Artie Burns and his ability to get his hand on the ball and just mm-hmm. dislodge it from the receiver's hands. He did that twice in this game that I know I noted. But that's a guy that was trending in, in the right direction, upward direction, because of how he was doing in training camp with the reps he was getting with the first team defense. And I think that obviously could be an indication of where the Bears might want to go with the cornerback position opposite of Jalen Johnson. But he he had himself a game. I know you're going to ask a question later. I'm just already going to answer it. He had himself a day where he made the most of this opportunity. He definitely did. He led the team today with two passes defense. Uh, every time I felt like they were kind of testing Artie Burns, he stepped up to the challenge. So I was very uh, excited to see that because he is someone that, coming back from the ACL, as we mentioned, uh, had a lot against him this offseason with what the Bears did, uh, things of that nature. So I'm glad to see him making the most out of his chances. I know Jalen Johnson was out there, uh, also had a pass defense. Actually, he also had two, so I guess they were tied uh, to lead the team. He did give up the touchdown, but again, with someone like a Jalen Johnson, I'm confident that even like a woe or two here in the preseason isn't going to be you know something to be concerned about come uh, week one. Uh, what else did you notice from the position, if it's not even just a specific player in a specific play, but how they're being utilized? Because I had a couple takeaways, but I'll go to you first. Well, the big thing for me early on was how often that Bills offense and Mitchell Trubisky kind of went and threw to Kendall Vildor's side. On that very first drive, he they were thrown in that direction four times. There were three completions. Vildor did get one PBU on there, but you just kind of see, I think the Bills identified the weak, maybe the weak link. And you could go in the inside linebackers as well because the starters weren't there, but that's what I noticed. And there were just several plays throughout that game with Vildor where he's given up a reception. Then you have Artie Burns, who we just talked about, making plays. So I think that's going to be – that was the big takeaway early on for me, what the Bears 
might do at cornerback position. I think this week in practice is going to be very telling. I would love them to start to lean towards an Artie Burns in terms of giving him those chances. For at least worst case, you start to ignite a fire under Vildor because we all can tell now Desmond Trufant is not pushing for this job. I don't even know if he was here, to be completely honest. Just using the binoculars, definitely wasn't in uniform. And I don't even know if he was physically here at Soldier Field. I can't confirm or deny that, but it just looking through the sideline, I couldn't I just didn't see him. Right. So with that, who knows? All we know is that he's not making this team. And if he does make this team, that will shock me beyond belief. <laughs> yeah, because like we've said, there's no special teams value. You're not gonna get any special teams value from Desmond Trufant. So what is the point if he's not starting? Right. So I that with with that being said and you have to say it once in a while. I guess it's two shows in a row, so shame on me. I'm going to have to kind of take that out of my vernacular. Uh, live post-game shows, they're a lot of fun. No, you're okay. All right, so getting back to it here, uh, when it comes to Desmond Trufant, if he's not going to bring anything to the table and already Burns is continuing to progress, we'll see if he can push for that job. And even if he doesn't get the week one nod, if the Bears can get him something where he we got three people want to come in on the show. They're making sure this place is clean, which is, you know. Uh, they're doing their job, too. Exactly. They're doing their job, too. Artie Burns. <laughs> Let him have a chance. And if he doesn't start week one, at least Vildor knows there's someone knocking at his door. But I think Artie Burns, at this rate, is making this football team. Oh, yeah. I, I would definitely agree with that. Um, not just make it, but competing. For that, that starting cornerback job, for sure. Now I just keep looking at the door, like, who's going to walk in next? Is that going to be Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy? Do we get a guest today? <laughs> probably uh, not. No, probably not. Um, anything else at the position? Uh, I know they were flipping some nickel guys here today. Duke Shelley was out there in the first series, struggling with Kendall Vildor, but then they did try out uh, Samarki Christian, who did lead the team today with five total tackles. Yeah, and then I have in my um, in my notes here, give Marquis Christian giving up some receptions as well. Just on that's how he gets the tackles. That's how he gets the tackles, just with those slant routes over the middle. And the Bills are going pretty, I would say, short, short, quick game, and it was working. So they're not going to obviously get away from that. But, yeah, like that's a position where you're still trying to see who's going to take advantage of that. And, like, Duke Shelley was playing into – late in this game yes. too as well so it, like this week i think in training camp or training camp yeah the training camp practice is going to be telling what they're even doing with the secondary and who potentially could be starting all right moving over to safety what did you take from that unit i was glad to see we get we got starters back today we got eddie jackson we got to sean gibson uh for a little bit of time there was one play where eddie jackson didn't make a lot of good effort on the tackle. I think it's the same one that Quinn uh, missed his contain, uh, that run by Singletary for the touchdown. Uh, Jackson didn't make a you know a great job in support, but then later on he did make a really good play in the backfield against a run. I think that was a two-point conversion. Yep. Uh, so he did turn that around. Uh, so I took that off as like a big negative, but I still like to at least bring up both sides of the equation here. But outside of that, what did you see from the safety today? Again, there's not a lot of good for this entire game. No, not a lot of good. And to Add on to those negative plays. Deion Bush missing a wide open tackle in the back. He literally bounced off the guy. Like, what's going on there? And I'm pretty sure the the ball carrier ended up getting into the end zone, if I'm not mistaken. And Deion Bush has a clear shot to take out his legs. And like I said, Deion Bush just bounced off the guy. So, again, just adding on to the missed tackles that happen on all three levels of this defense defensive line linebackers in the secondary so i think that's you know just something that for a guy i think deon bush will 
end up making this team, but that you don't you don't want to see anything like that. Right. Other than Dion Bush, no one really moved the needle up or down compared to last week or what you've seen at camp. Nothing really changed in my opinion. No, DHC got close to an interception. It still ended up being a reception for for the Bills, but he was in the right position. I remember it was like towards that left sideline there. But other than that, nothing really stood out from that position or any of those guys. Did we have someone on our side that almost had like a pick and it was like Oh, Thomas Graham Jr. There yeah. you go. Yep. Made a good play on the ball um, right there where he needed to be. But, you know, the uh, the ground kind of dislodged the football. Love that return, bit. though. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. a really good effort. Took it a little bit horizontal, but was able to get that angle. And, again, if he would have caught that and it wasn't touched, it was a touchdown. But yeah. I love we're watching uh, Eddie Jackson. We're watching Jalen Johnson literally on the field running, like almost escorting him into the end zone. So I like that from two veteran guys in the secondary with Thomas Graham Jr., I don't know, just, you can tell they were proud of that play oh, that he took. So I, I, that was one of my happier moments that I was able to take away from this game. All right, let's move over to special teams. If you don't have any final thoughts on defense, I didn't want to kind of dive in into it too much more. No, I don't think it's, it's worth it, Will. It wasn't a very good performance in that first half. Oh, wait, stock up real quick. Travis Gibson again or Artie Burns? Choose one. I'll go Artie Burns. Okay. Stock down. Kindle Vildor. Okay, that's it. I don't, I, don't want, <laughs> I don't want to get any more into it, but I wanted to make sure at least we adhere to what I put here in my notes for a segment. Uh, so quarter four for this post-game show and special teams. Are the Bears, are they going to have punt coverage issues all year? Yep, it seems like because it's, it's happening two weeks in a row. So it's, it's a unit. Again, maybe it somehow gets better because you know who's making this team. You get to rep those guys every single week. There's not people coming in and out, but... Still, maybe it's what's being coached as well. It could be an issue if you're seeing multiple different guys messing up. That could be the issue, but it it has come in both of these preseason games, and that's obviously, you know, third time's a charm maybe? Where maybe. <laughs> you never know. I don't know. Those lanes are wide open, and mm-hmm. it seems like the pattern from our vantage point is we kick to one sideline or the other, and they just pretty much – take it to the other side, and there's no one there. So maybe it's a lane integrity issue, a contain issue, but whatever the heck it is specifically, and they'll know more than me, that has to get cleaned up. And I, I know last week I said, don't worry about it. It's only the first week of the preseason. But for that to be exactly the same here today, if not worse, I'm concerned. Uh, other than that, we had that field goal from Brian Johnson, a 54-yarder for him. And I know that at one point you were confused why Santos isn't getting that chance. Yeah, um, I mean, Brian Johnson's been really good in training camp. It's just, I guess the Bears know that Kyro Santos is going to be their starter. And I guess it's just an opportunity to give him like a live game rep. But if you're looking to maybe just raise Brian Johnson's stock to where someone who needs a field goal kicker, that's why you're giving him those opportunities. But I could see it both ways. I was just like, hey, a 54-yarder, might as well try that now in a game setting. And so then you can you know, go, go back in the regular season like, yeah, I already nailed that at Soldier Field. But I, I could see it going both ways. All right. And then in a return game, we got to see Daz Newsome returning punts. We got to see Khalil Herbert a little bit more action returning kicks. And I thought both rookies impressed in that regard. Yeah, I think it kind of gives um, maybe I don't know if a sense of confidence is the right way of phrasing it, but just seeing those two rookies um, and really just at positions where we just didn't know who was going to be back there. You just didn't know. I think you you like Khalil Herbert as a kick returner, and I'm pretty sure Daz Newsom also got one rep as kick returner as well. And then Daz Newsom, he he didn't look 
like a Ted Ginn Jr. as a punt returner. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, and just some of the other guys that we've seen, even Jordan Lucas dropped a muffing a punt. We didn't see that from Daz Newsom. It's not like he did much out there, but at least he caught the ball. He broke look, a tackle and he, he broke, gained some yards. Yeah. So it wasn't spectacular, but maybe a sense of confidence going forward from those two rookies is all you really want out of the kick returner and punt returner positions. Yeah, Khalil Herbert averaged about 18.8 yards per kick return. Daz Newsom averaged 6.5 yards per punt return, two returns for 13 yards. And I think the one time Daz was back there returning kicks, it was a touchback. So there goes that. Anything else on special teams, or do you want to move on? Let's move on, Will. Moving on. Uh, it's time. I have in my notes we can do the call and audible segment. I think I'm going to save it for the regular season. Uh, if we wanted to change anything, I'm certain we change a lot of things. I don't think there's <laughs> one thing here that we would like to change that can change the outcome of the game or anything of that nature. So who's going to be your preseason week two MVB, Nick? I, I said it when we were in the press box earlier, Will, like Artie Burns was the best defensive player out there. So I'm going to go with him being somebody that made the most of his opportunities, didn't give up any big plays, made plays on the ball. And it's someone that's, you know, completely different. So I'll give it to Artie Burns in a game that was really one-sided in all facets for the Bills. I'll give it to Artie Burns as my MVP. You're going to go Artie Burns. I'll go offense. I'll go Rodney Adams uh, for the big play and also for the uh, for having the birth of his daughter last night, sleeping on the couch with his baby next to him, only five hours of sleep, gets here to Soldier Field, and ends up continuing to make a strong case. I mean, those are, those are some obstacles to kind of overcome. I mean, deliveries and birth, that, those are long, strenuous times. Like, And I'm preparing for my own here, so I'm <laughs> learning so much about it. Uh, so for him to be able to rebound as quickly as he did, and to, you know, he said it, I scored a touchdown for my daughter. I scored mm-hmm. a touchdown for her. I mean, to me, that's MVP worthy. And we don't have many of those opportunities here in the show to kind of highlight. And for a guy who's fighting for a roster spot, just having a newborn, I just love how that progression kind of played out. So for those reasons, I'm going to give Rodney Adams my MVB, and that was a heck of a you know a catch that he had yep. and i love the run afterwards he was able to slip through the db break a tackle and he had the speed to break away all the way for the score so rodney adams is going to be my week two for the preseason MVB. so nick i'll give it to you for your two minute warning and we can close out yeah this is a game where i think you look at it for matt Nagy, and you know he started the post-game press conference for the positives and started by talking about caleb johnson and his field goal kick so i think that kind of tells you <laughs> what this game on all facets all levels all phases the the positives from it so really what you're looking out for in this last preseason game is to reduce those penalties to look more efficient on offense for your first team and then second team when Justin Fields comes in and then just really limiting mistakes and trying to look like a football team that's about to play real football, you know, in less than a couple of weeks here. So this was not a good performance by the bears. You saw bad tackling. You, like I said, you saw penalties. You saw all three phases give up, you know, just, just not look like they should be. And I get it. It's just preseason. You're working out some of the kinks, but you know, the Buffalo Bills look like a, a, they look like a team that's ready to go for the regular season and look to, you know, do some things. So I'm looking forward to see how this team rebounds, how they even handle this last preseason game, what we're going to see in terms of reps for individual players. But, yeah, this is a game where, well, we're looking at each other like, man, um, when is this going to end? Yeah. <laughs> you know, honestly. So that's how I'll wrap it up and go to you. Yeah, so for me, uh, I'll preface it. 
kind of how Nick you were kind of speaking about throughout the majority of yours. It is only preseason. Uh, the Bears that went to a Super Bowl, I remember that preseason. They lost all four games. And True. I thought, True. oh, boy, what kind of year are we in for? Granted, I was like 13 years old, but <laughs> this seeing those struggles in preseason and then what kind of year we had instilled something in me to not take what we see on the field, you know, verbatim exactly how it is. You have to take it with various grains of salt, um, but there is still a large part of me that what I saw here today, the lack of effort uh, on defense and just not that same, again, I, I love the word today, tenacity uh, that I saw last week. Uh, I want to make sure that gets turned around offensively. Who knows what's going to happen next week? Like in terms of the starters, Andy Dalton seemed a little frustrated that he wasn't playing with the ones. He said he's fine with it, but did admit like it's hard to build some of that chemistry. Matt Nagy talked about that too. And I wonder how is that really setting Andy Dalton up for success if you're not allowing him to build some of that chemistry? And also if all these other starters are at a spot where they don't have to play, why does Andy Dalton have to play and why can't Justin Fields get some of those reps earlier on in the game those are just thoughts that I've had here uh, as we've gone through this podcast to me it doesn't make too much of sense Um, but as we go forward to game three uh, let's find out first what Matt Nagy's plan is before we start projecting what that game should be about because he can sit all the starters and that game will be pretty much evaluating the back half of the roster or he may play starters yet again and in that case then we need to start looking at how those guys can kind of rebound from a very poor game overall here today but luckily the score doesn't matter luckily this game won't count when it's all said and done but I thought there were a few players some bright spots like an Artie Burns like a Travis Gibson like a Brian Johnson like a Rodney Adams a Khalil Herbert a Larry Borum that when you take those positives and those players showing you something at the end of the day that's what you should take home with you not the final score not the 0 for 11 on third down and offense it's those players stepping up and some players that should be core guys younger guys and also some guys like a Rodney Adams that came out of nowhere that's pretty damn cool so that's going to be my two minute warning and Nick it was great to do another show with you at Soldier Field man yeah um again still adjusting obviously we're doing it a little differently than we did even the last time we were here but yeah I'm glad that you know we were able to do this even despite the, like the game being a little lackadaisical at times, but yeah, it was another great opportunity. I'm looking forward to the next one. Yeah, we're supposed to be outside, but we, there's a thunderstorm, so we had to move inside, change the setup uh, again just a little bit, but that's what we're here for. We call audibles. We mm-hmm. change on the fly, and uh, I hope that everyone listening uh, enjoyed this show. I want to thank everyone who watched here live. I hope the stream quality was uh, strong. Hopefully it's good compared to last week. I know the audio uh, last week when reviewing it wasn't great. If the video's not awesome... Hopefully, at least you get some better audio out of Nick and I. And then for all the podcast listeners around the globe, I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, this show went a little longer, I think, than both Nick and I anticipated <laughs> yeah. uh, for the preseason game. So if you're still listening after that game to us talk about it, uh, again, there's a special place in my heart for Bears fans uh, just like you. Uh, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can get all the updates from us over there throughout the year and rate and review our show over on Apple Podcasts. It would mean a lot to both Nick and myself. Uh, up next, uh, Nick, you have some camp reports coming up this week early on, right? I will be there Monday and Tuesday. So, yep, two two camp reports coming out this week. All right. I look forward to hearing what these guys do Monday and Tuesday to kind of correct some of the mistakes that we saw out here on the field uh, today. So, until next time, bear down, Chicago. <laughs> <laughs>